Welcome to Belonging Before Belaving, where 50 years is a long time to be married. <laughs> I'm Patrick Mathers, a pastor of the Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. Do I have to talk now? Yeah, you All have right. to talk in the funny voice. No, no, no. I'm Brian Gubbay. I'm a chump. <laughs> yeah, what he said. <laughs> Is that your impression of your father? No. I don't know. I just figured 50 years is a long time. That is. Talk that's about what I parents. was going to talk about my parents. My parents have been married 50 years. That's crazy to me. 50 years. That's a long time. That's longer than I've been alive. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you like that math? Yeah. I figured it good out. Good job. Uh, my parents have been married a long time. And you know what? When I was growing up, I think that my parents were the, even as I was in high school, the only two of my friend groups, parents who were still married. If there was, I didn't know them. Like my tight friend group, they were all, all their parents were divorced. So um, even way back then Mm -hmm. in high school, which was like 10 years ago. So. Wait, did you just say high school was 10 years ago? (laughs) Yeah, I did. High school was longer than 10 years ago for me, but... Uh, 11. 11 years ago. (laughs) Oh, now we're talking. Yeah. Now we're talking. So 50 years is a long time. But hey, you know what? Shout out to my parents. And my dad's really going to love this episode because we're talking about guns. We were getting ready by listening to a bunch of sound bites of gun ricochets. (laughs) I think most of them were from Looney Tunes. Guns. Guns in America. Makes me feel and real Terry patriotic. Terry Mathers, action hero. <laughs> meow, meow, meow. Uh, there's, always, there's always like a little metal solo at the end, like the Power Rangers theme. Like like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Sure. <laughs> Wild Stallions. Wild Stallions. Yeah. yeah. So, so my dad, growing up, he was, he had a full-time job, but on the side, he was a, a gun dealer. And... So we would go to gun shows when I was a kid, and that was fun. They were fun, and we went out hunting. He hunts all the time, though. He's like, that's that's his his bread and butter is going out hunting or his meat and potatoes, I guess. Nice. <laughs> um, but he goes hunting a lot. So I've I full disclosure, I've been around guns, had them around the house. They're nothing to me. I I'm not like weird and out by them. I know there are some people that like, if it's in the room, they won't walk in the room with a gun, you know, where it's just like appalling that they even exist at all in this particular universe. Yeah. My grandpa taught hunter safety. Yeah. I, because of that, I got my first BB gun when I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't, I've had several BB guns. Yeah. Yeah. Which whatever. That's like Mm -hmm. barely a gun. Um, but yeah, so it was not something that I was uncomfortable around at all. Like at all. Right. Um, there are a lot of people who are totally no Christians who are. And if you're not, and if you didn't grow up like we did around them, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that I don't get why people are so weirded out by it. I'm just not, you know, yeah. Well, the 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 episode isn't just random gun episode. No. Somebody asked us a question, and what is it specifically? Is there anything in the Bible that would encourage Christians owning guns? Okay, so it's specifically asking about a Bible passage that encourages us to own guns, right? That's, you that's know, before what we're guns at. were a thing. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about lasers? Anything in the Bible about owning lasers? <laughs> or, or teleportation yeah. or warp drive? Warp drive. I'm thinking of Star Trek. Hyperdrive. Because I'm Space Force. <laughs> hey, have, did you, have you noticed there have been no alien abductions since Trump announced Space Force? <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know if there's a connection, but I'm just saying. None. <laughs> yeah, I haven't Space lost any Force. of my friends. Have you, did you see that video, Space Force, with the music? Oh, dude, it was so Which crazy. one? Uh, there's one specific one. It's that crazy I've how they lasted for like a week, maybe 10 days, and then just gone. Done. Oh, man, oh. I must have a different algorithm than you do, because I still see them pretty regularly. Not every day like I was for a minute, but, man, Space Force is amazing. <laughs> so guns. Okay, guns. Guns. Is, we're not far off topic. <laughs> Hey, did you hear about that Russia satellite that's doing all that weird stuff and they're worried that it's actually like an anti-U.S. satellite satellite that's going to start like making our satellites not work? No. Yeah, there's, it's a thing. Yeah. Which is weird because if it's enough of a thing that they've let the public know about it, it's a real thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, totally. They keep that stuff on the DL. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I think that all the time. But sometimes it almost gives me a false sense of security to where, like, oh, for sure, we would have found out about this. This would have been a big deal if that was, like, a real thing. It wouldn't be getting, like, almost mm-hmm. like you see something in, like, the tabloids, and you're like, if this was real, we would know about it, like that kind of thing. And yeah. then Space Force. And then Space Force. <laughs> it's all true. It's all true. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, to be perfectly honest, you're right. In the Bible, there's, of course, nothing about guns, of course, because it was written 2,000 years. Well, what, like 1,800 years before they existed. Is that right? 1,700 years before they even existed. So there's, of course, nothing in the Bible specifically about guns. So there are a couple of passages, though. We just lost, like, four listeners. (laughs) Okay. They were waiting for the verses about guns, like go look at like me in my cartoon Bible, looking for Samson, the the action hero of the Bible. Okay, well, there's nothing specifically about guns. There are a there's like one or two passages that people go to, and I just want to look at one of them first. Is in Luke, and Jesus pulls his disciples aside, and this is the night Jesus is crucified. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is he's done in the upper room. They're walking on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane, okay? So that's the setting for this particular story here. And Jesus says to them, when, when I sent you out earlier, it was with no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, don't, you didn't take anything. And they said, yeah, nothing we took. So he says to them, but now, if you have a money bag, take it. If you have a knapsack, take it. If you, have a sword, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. For I tell you this, that the scripture must be fulfilled in me, that he should be numbered with the transgressors, and what was written about me is about to be fulfilled. Then they said, one of the other gospels says it was Peter, I think, says, look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. Okay? It sounds like there Jesus is saying, go arm yourself. Right? (laughs) Not very subtly get, either. No, no, you're right. Get money together. Get get your knapsack together. Get yeah, ready. Sell your stuff if you don't sell have your, one. Sell your stuff and and go out and buy yourself a sword. Right. The thing that makes me pause and go, well, I'm not sure this is exactly about arming yourself, is because they say, hey, look, we have two right here. 
and there's more than two guys there. And he says, oh, no, no, it's enough. Okay? I don't think he's specifically talking here in this instance about arming yourself with a sword. What do you think the exchange rate between swords and guns is? So if two swords were enough for, like, 14 dudes, do you think that maybe... One little Derringer? One-fourth of a gun one, would be one enough of them, for 14 uh, dudes. One of them... I don't know why I said 14. One of them but. pistols where you do the duel with, where it's only got one shot. Yes. You know, and then you got to, like, muzzle it to reload <laughs> it. You know, one of those kind of things. It takes a muzzle like, loader. It takes, like, 20 seconds. Yeah. Maybe one of those. <laughs> okay. All right, got it. For a sword? Yeah. I mean, because you shoot, the, you shoot, and then the guy's got to like, Is, oh, is that how you oh. shoot? <laughs> the guy's like, oh, did he get me? Did he get me? Oh, no, he didn't. Okay, get my sword, charge at him, about to chop the sword, and then that's about the exchange rate, right? Don't right. you think? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know you asked. I'm making <laughs> stuff up here. I didn't expect for you to go into depth about it. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me to shut up and keep going. No, no, no. Okay, I'm glad you didn't. So then Jesus goes in the garden, and then he prays, and then, you know, the soldiers come to take Jesus away to for his trial and for him to be crucified. And Peter pulls out his sword and cuts off the servant's ear. You remember that? I do. And he tells Peter, put your sword away, and then he sticks the ear back on Malchus's servant and heals him. And says, yeah, we're, we're putting our swords up. We're not fighting with swords. And then later, that's the, the next morning in John chapter 18, Jesus is before Pilate. And Pilate asks him, if you're a king, if Jesus was a king. And he says, yes, I'm a king, but not of this world, not like you think I am. And he's like, oh, so you are a king. And he said, yeah, but if I was a king of this world, my followers would take up arms to fight. But... I'm not a king of this world, so they're not taking up arms to fight. So that makes me think that this passage here Jesus is talking about is he's talking about being prepared. I don't think he's specifically saying, make sure you have a sword so when it goes down, you're ready to chop some heads. You know what I mean? So I don't think that this is a good passage for people to point to to say, here's why it's okay for me to own a gun biblically. And and this, at least the things I've listened to has been one that has been quoted the most. And you're not into it. Well, yeah, no, I I don't think that's what Jesus is saying here. So I don't think biblically this is the passage to go to for that. And by saying that, I'm not sure that you, you can go to a specific passage and say, okay, here is exactly what it is. Cause here he, Jesus is telling his disciples to buy a sword. And yet when sword play actually comes up, Jesus tells Peter to put it up. He tells the crowd they're not going to fight. He tells Pilate that his disciples aren't going to fight. So that tells me here this isn't specifically about a metal and wood sword. He's talking about something else, being prepared for spiritual warfare, is what I think he's specifically talking about here. And why would they have to sell stuff? What's that? Why would they sell stuff? It's a metaphor. Okay. It's, he, you know, they're going to have to give up all kinds of sure. things to follow no, no. him. No, I got you. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one passage. Now, it, so, but I don't think it's wrong necessarily to own a gun. And I don't think it's necessarily wrong to own guns because I don't see any prohibition of that in Scripture either. There's nowhere where Jesus says, get rid of all your swords, get rid of it all, don't own any of it together. And f- example, there's no prohibition for hunting. 
I was going to say anywhere in scripture back either. then they would probably not do too well for very long if right. they didn't have any weapons of any means. Right. I you you know they were still out hunting. I would assume and it is an assumption I'll grant that when Paul was out on his missionary journey that he wasn't just picking berries on the side of the road, you know, the whole time is that they were actually you know, out hunting too. Now, I don't have any chapter and verse to specifically point at to say, you know, here's what they were doing, but it it wouldn't surprise me at all, and I wouldn't be weirded out by that at all if that was the particular case. When the soldiers come to John the Baptist and they say, to John's calling everybody to repent, and the soldiers say, well, should we basically abandon our post? Should we go AWOL? He said, no. He told them to stay where they were at, keep doing what they're doing, but don't extort anybody. Don't, you know, force people to do stuff because you have the power to force somebody to do something. So in terms of the civil magistrate and you being a police officer or um, somebody in the military, then there's no problem there. Just do your job and do it rightly. Our 1689 in chapter 24, paragraphs 1 and 2, actually speak to that specific issue where the civil magistrate has the right, has the authority to bear arms. Um, Romans chapter 13 says they don't bear the sword in vain and that we should, you know, be fearing of them if we're committing crimes, if we're doing wrong, but they're not for us to be afraid of if they're doing right, if we are doing right. So there is a sense where, you know, police officers, one's doing their duty, soldiers biblically do have the right to have, possess, and bear arms. Um, I, I think that the liberty of conscience that the New Testament speaks of is an area where we would go to with this particular issue and allow for there to be people who both have the freedom of conscience to buy and own guns for the protection of their family, for hunting, um, and that there are people who have the freedom to not own guns because it goes against their conscience sake. Yeah. Um, to me, uh, we were talking about this a little bit in, on the right over here. It, to me, it's, does the law of the land permit you to do so? I mean, then okay. Because, I mean, any nefarious use of any kind of weapon, any kind of weapon, um, I mean, you would have... Uh, biblical principle, whether it be a gun or any other kind of weapon, whether it be a knife or I don't know what other kind of weapons are An there. An axe? A bomb. <laughs> a uh, war hammer? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, anyway, uh, but my point is, like, it, it, once you get beyond whether or not the law of the land permits you to own a firearm, I mean, the rest of it is just kind of weapons in general, right? And we we already listed out some practical reasons to have them. I mean, another one that we haven't talked to is like sport. Like, I mean, yeah. frankly, for fun. Yeah. And there's plenty of people who are that I would think most people, like the overwhelming majority of people in the United States who own a weapon, is probably more just to like go to a range and right. shoot. Right. And and so I have I I have a couple of guns, and my Mini 14 is so much fun to shoot. Mm-hmm. Now. I don't know if I've ever even shown you. I have probably have at one point. I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. 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 But it's not like I'm like having it slung over my shoulder, <laughs> you know, open carry or something like that. It's it's something that I have that I've used. My 3030, my, you know, cowboy gun, basically, that uh-huh. lever action is so much fun. 
so much fun to, to shoot. And that's a good hunting gun too. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, like I said, I have one, have no problem with it, but again, it's not like I, I even really do anything with them unless it's been years, honestly, since I've even gotten them out yeah, same. and, and gone anywhere and used them. But, um, you know, we still do have them now. Let, let's, let's, you know, I, I, I think that's where the questioner was going. I think we answered their question. Mm -hmm. But I think that it would be wise for us to go a step further than that. We got a minute, right? Yeah. Okay. So what about like a revolution where or oppression? So those are two very different things, right? We see persecution in scripture or we see uh, in history a government is oppressive and the people revolt against the government. As Christians... How do we see that playing out? Do we see um, standing up for ourselves uh, against persecution being something that we should have a gun for because we haven't touched that yet, or armed revolution? Do, do you have any thoughts on that so far? Like how I would behave or biblically? Cause I guess both. I mean, I, I have an answer for sure for one of them biblically, but I, the other one's a little, uh, a little vague to me. I mean, but I want to hear your thoughts. I don't. I mean, we don't see any political like overthrow uprisings. I mean, on this side of theocracy, do we? Right. Okay. So that would be the one where I would say biblically, I think we could make the case where we we don't see that. Yeah. Right. Where any any time there was any kind of like overthrow, it was one kingdom. I mean, this world against another kingdom of this world. Uh-huh. Or, or one political ideology against another political ideology. Well, right? and God is saying, like, you know, go wipe these people out. Like, Moses, go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Like, I mean, and they're not exactly taking up swords. God did it for well, them. Well, they did in the promised land. They did when they came in there and, and did that. But that is not normative. Right. Like I said, on our side of theocracy, which maybe we should well, define oh, theocracy. Yeah, yeah, For sure people aren't going to know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, God is your government. There was no king back then. Like, you had Moses. You had, you know... Uh, a, a, Judges. That's what I was going to say. I'm trying to get my timeline Sorry. in my head right. Yeah. No, I, you bailed me out. Thank you. <laughs> uh, or a judge. Um, who would basically just tell you exactly what God said and how he wanted, you know, the nation to be run or whatever. And it was in first Samuel when we see Israel saying, make us like our neighbors. We want a king. We want a king. We want a king. And then God tells Samuel, okay, tell them this is what it's going to be like when you have a king, like basically get ready for him to make soldiers out of you who go to war and you know, raise your taxes, taxes yep. and everything else. Like that's what tell them that's what you're asking for. And, you know, in typical God fashion, like he turned people over to what they wanted, Yeah, you know, uh, gave them what they wanted. But anyway, a theocracy was before that when God was, God was their king. Mm-hmm. And the nation of Israel was supposed to w- acted as a type or a symbol of um, the kingdom of God, all, all of God's people under one covenant. And when they're called to go wipe out the other um, inhabitants of the na- land of Canaan, you know, people will look at that and go, well, God condoned genocide. And there's a sense where um, certainly God did condone those actions. He didn't condone them. He ordained them. 
to take place. But the problem is, is those nations were so vile and so wicked that I think that we couldn't wrap our heads around how evil they actually were. And God is bringing his righteous judgment against them. And the type is that that's the way we're supposed to treat sin in our own lives, is that we're supposed to deal with it aggressively and and to kill it, right? I mean, Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And, And the point of that is we're to deal aggressively with sin. But that's not really answering the question even because that's not, you know, a, a power that was over God's people. They went in and took over the land. It's not somebody who was, you know, uh, holding power, dominion over them. They didn't overthrow their ruler. Right. No, 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 that's good, because that's, that's the direction I was going, is that that wouldn't apply. We, we couldn't take that principle and therefore equate it with us under the new covenant having guns and going and overthrowing a, a government. Unless because, we think God's telling us to go take over Canada, I well, guess. <laughs> even <laughs> if we thought that, we shouldn't do it. Um, because the new covenant is not one of this world. The new covenant is not a type or shadow of something else to come. It's complete in Christ. And Christ said that, you know, we're not... So, basically, he's like, we're not going to do those things because we're a part of his kingdom and it, it is not of this world. Um, the, the second part of my question was about persecution. So do we have the right to defend ourselves against persecution that happens against us? And I, I'm of the opinion that I think we have two options when it comes to persecution. We can run away, which happens quite a bit in the New Testament, or we can take it. I, I don't see an instance in the New Testament where we fight against it. I, I guess maybe the fighting against it might be Paul appealing to Caesar. Um, different and kind of fight. A different kind of fight. It's it's um, political. Well, not political. It's he's using his citizenship to get out of that situation. So he's using the means. No guns involved. Right, no guns involved. He's using the means at his disposal legally in order to get out of that. But we don't see violent um, opposition. So when somebody comes in and you know, plunders the goods of somebody's house. We don't see them standing at the door with a sword, you know, chopping people up to come in and take their stuff. In fact, it says they endured it with joy, which is crazy, but um, that's what it says there in Hebrews chapter 10. So I, I don't think that even persecution is something where we're permitted to use our our weapons, my guns, um, against somebody. I think if they were going to harm my family. Somebody broke into my house, which is the scenario that we hear a lot. I, I personally would have no problem, and I can't think of a biblical precedent that would keep me from protecting my family, even I, shoot, even to the point of shooting somebody who was entering my house and meaning harm against my family. Well, I think that that's, that's the time where I probably would, and in clear conscience, use the gun against somebody else. Well, you're talking about persecution before, about how we either can, you know, per- or flee or endure, basically. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, persecution against me, sure. But when you're sitting there thinking, I'm like, persecution against one of my girls, that's... Ugh. How many girls you got? My wife and my daughter. Oh. <laughs> I just, I just call them collectively my the girls. girls. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's funny because I've heard you do that before, but it just struck me right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, obviously running sounds better, but 
for sure. I can't imagine just taking it when it's them. No, I can't either. That'd I, be some I, I'm kind not of, even trying to condone it. That'd I'm be just some kind of crazy realistic. supernatural grace, right? Yeah. That you'd have to have. Oh, yeah. In that instance. But I, I think that that you would, I mean, maybe I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, but wouldn't you agree that if somebody were to be coming to harm your children and, or your wife, your children, your, your girls. <laughs> oh, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> you got it in my head. That, that having a gun and using it, would that would probably be the time and place, I, I think, to use it against somebody. Uh, if, if I'm not a cop, uh-huh. if I'm not in the armed forces serving my country and fulfilling my role and obligation to the civil magistrate, I think the only time and option using um, a weapon, a gun, against another human being would be if they were meaning physical harm against me and my family. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. And even then, I probably would hesitate. And I would have, I would still, it would be, I'd, I'd have a conflict. Yeah. I don't want to make it sound like, oh, yep. What? We're split, Rambo. Split second, <laughs> just like pull that trigger and never yeah. look back. Never. No, dude, yeah. that's not, that's not real life. And it is, you're sick, yeah. honestly. To me, it's like, what am I going to regret more? Like, because I think there will be regret. On some level, either way, like regretting that you had to take down like a right, you'll second guess everything. Well, yeah. and I mean, you don't want. Oh, I don't want anyone to die, whether they're deranged or not. Like yeah. I'm not. I'm not looking to be the arbiter of justice. I don't. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. That's why I make coffee for a living. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if I have to choose between like oh having to live with like oh I took like a creep down or I let my loved ones perish because I didn't want to pull the trigger on a gun. Like I know which regret I'm going to live with. Spoiler alert. It's taking down the creep. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I don't want to make it sound like, Oh, yup. That's why I have a gun. Just give me a reason. I can't wait. Like a lot of these people with all this, like there's no bravado. Yeah. None at all. None at all. (laughs) I have one that like, I'm like you, I have one. It's in my closet. I haven't looked at it since we moved in. And we've been in this house for over three years. And honestly, I kind of hope I never have to. Right. I kind of don't want to. It's a buck around, so it's not that fun to shoot. Every time I pull the trigger, it costs a dollar. What kind of gun you got? It's a 357. Wow. Yeah. That, I haven't looked in a while. Like, you don't ever get it out and like spin it around like a cowboy for a little <laughs> bit? Man, I'd totally be doing that. So I inherited it when my grandpa passed away. But uh, my grandma got it for him in the 70s, and it's like a CHP special. It, it like That sounds awesome. It is awesome. And it came with like a pair of handcuffs and oh, like this yeah. little leather holster and stuff. <laughs> it's like the grown-up version of like that cowboy and Indians <laughs> kit that you or get. Or the little cop kit you yeah, got yeah, when yeah. you were a kid. Yeah. yeah. All you need is a billy club. Only it's all real. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, you got a question? I, I do. I do. And it it's going to go a little bit with this because I think that for some people, this might be their answer. And it's what is your guilty pleasure? Oh. And I think some people would honestly be like, yeah, I, I have guns and I like guns. And, you know, and, and they, they'd feel guilty because society's kind of poo-pooed it, you know, in a lot of ways. So what what is your guilty pleasure? I feel like you could take this any like manner of ways. Oh yeah, music, food, mm-hmm. uh, TV. Oh my gosh. The problem with the guilty pleasure, though, is that a lot of people will look down on you for it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, gosh. I have one for, like, each of those. Um, gosh. My food guilty pleasure is Taco Bell. I just can't quit it. I've cut so much, like, unhealthy food out of my life in the last, like, three, four years. But I, I just, mm, there's nothing quite like Taco Bell. I just can't help myself. I just can't. And I don't feel good. Chalupa too tasty. Mo- morally when I do it. But physically, I feel just fine. <laughs> this is why I crossed it. So I can eat Taco Bell. Um, musically, dude, Post Malone. Yeah, I saw a picture of Post Malone and I was like, oh gosh, that guy's music has got to be absolute garbage. And then I'm like, I forget where I was. I was at work, I think. And I hear this song. It's his congratulations song. I'm like, oh, I like this song. Dude, like I keep hearing it. Who is this? And I see it's Post Malone. I'm like, no! (laughs) And now you're hooked. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. But I do enjoy it when it comes on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I give you two. Do I need to give you two? Right, you can give me one if you feel strongly enough about one. I just couldn't pick one. I like anime. That's a guilty pleasure? Do you feel guilty about that? Some of them, yeah. <laughs> well, there's some that just, you know, there's some you just, I know there's not a chance I'm putting on. There's yeah. just some, like, nasty stuff on some of them. No, I can believe but, it. But, yeah, some of them I'm like, one punch man. It's kind of hokey, kind of corny. You look guilty, like, just save yeah, it. Yeah. I have no clue what you're like talking Avatar, about. I like Avatar, The Last Airbender. That yeah. cur- it's like a little kid show, but I really <laughs> like it. Yeah. But some of them aren't like that, like Attack on Titan and, you know, um, Full Metal Alchemist. Those are like, I think just about anybody could get with those kind of stories. They're like, they're good stories. Um, so I, I like anime. That's probably a good one, actually. The more you talk about it, the more I'm like, oh. I get it. It makes sense. Guilty pleasure. It makes sense. Uh, okay, and there's another one that... Okay, my I have a podcast, so I'm going to do something different than you. Is My podcast, Guilty Pleasure, is The Dollop. Oh, yeah. Is I love that. And they, are, they make no bones about hating Christians. <laughs> um, and, but you know what? Uh, that's okay. I understand that. And, um, you know, but the, they do... It's an American history podcast... Where they they're two comedians and they read each other stories and it's just hilarious the way they wisecrack. So I really like the dollop. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. So hit us up in the comments and yeah, I haven't told you in a while. Throw us a review, a rating, something, a comment. Let us know that you think we're absolute trash. Give us one star. That's fine. It'll give me something to read later. No, give us five stars. Or give us five, but one or five. Nothing in between. Give us five. My ego's fragile. Nice. All right. So there you have it. Um, Thank you for listening to Belonging Before Believing, where we believe that you belong.